If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at StudioRedMedia.com. Today's episode of QT with RT was recorded a couple months ago. Our audio equipment was not up to date yet, and there might be some dated references. But other than that, it's a fantastic episode. Enjoy. This is QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today's topic is content and the importance of just making it. So last time we talked, we talked about how we're going to be content creators, Mm -hmm. not uh, just video producers or writers or we're going to be content creators as a whole, like podcasts. But obviously we do make videos. So what video content do you think we should start making? Well, we just actually had a shoot last night, and you and I had a nice long car ride down to Atlanta and back, and so we were just kind of discussing on the drive, like, what's something fun and easy? I mean, I think that's the biggest thing, is we want to do something. We want to do something. The next thing we can do is, I mean, Red Dead Redemption is coming out in, like, two months. I mean, we're really excited. Yep. Um, I'm very excited. Ryan's very excited. Yep. We're actually gonna have like a holiday here at the office. Yeah, we've di- we've termed it Red Dead Day. Red Dead Day. Um, so I keep saying that it's like oh, only two months till Red Dead Day. Um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun to do like kind of ESPN style videos where maybe one of us is walking in full cowboy gear or yep. um, you know, tumbleweed. I, I I just think there could be possibility for a kind of little campaign out of our peer love for yeah you know what would be funny is if um we'd have to get a couple other people from the office to actually participate but um if <laughs> if like you came out of the one of the edit bays and um or somewhere where you walked in and there was like a couple people like milling around and then we went into slow motion and you did dead eye with your fingers like you just did like you made like a finger gun yeah and then went into like dead eye mode and then uh but then it like cuts back and like everybody's just like looking at yeah, you yeah. weird <laughs> That's good. I meant Red Dead Day. Red Dead like Day. it ends that way. And just walk away. I like that a lot. That's a good one. Um, we, what we need to probably do because I think the like twenty days to Red Dead Red Dead Day. That's a good one. But we also we also could do um, like dates. You know, yeah. like like eight. What what is the day? Today it's, is no no, it's, no the nine. What is it? Because it's October, right? October. It's ten twenty seven. Ten twenty seven. So we get ten twenty seven eighteen. Yeah. Red Dead Day. Yeah. Yeah. Ten twenty seven eighteen. Red Dead Day. Yeah. 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 I mean that's that's. I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of possibility. There's a classic we're both reaching for, like, a cup or whatever in the, the office, and it's like, yeah. you know, we kind of, <laughs> and then it's like, you can have it, or whatever, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, Red Dead Day. It's just, like, really simple, really easy. Um, so those those are definitely a lot of possibilities we want to do. Um, you were talking about an idea. Yeah, I was talking about the idea in the office, Uh I think for me, I was like, what could be stuff, obviously we want to, I think me and you always get tripped up on trying to do really big content. Right. That's complicated. Um, And both of us are fine acting. Uh, Neither of us are like amazing actors. I mean, I don't think either of us would say like, oh, acting is our passion and our our gift in life. But, uh, But we're fine being in front of the camera and we even enjoy it. I think we enjoy being goofy. So... Uh, I was like, I've been trying to think about ideas that we could just do the two of us that are almost kind of like Key and Peele style little skits, but like one location, even like something where it's like we can just wear 
like clothes from our own closet. We don't need to worry about like set dressing and wardrobe. We mm-hmm. can shoot it here in the office. Um, and, and maybe even I've been watching the office. So I don't know if maybe even that is even like that style of humor of like office humor is something that's, that has been stuck in my mind, but just something that's like really simple. That's like one location, one room, um, easy to do even to where we're not even on camera at the same time potentially. So that way we don't have to like, you can film me, I can film you. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've been thinking about like maybe a new guy comes into a new employee, first day of work comes in, goes into his office and, uh, there's a conference phone there and he gets a call from somebody who thinks that he's somebody else. And it's like this, like maybe super crass guy or just somebody that's like very different. Like, you like the guy in the office is playing like the straight non-funny guy and then the crazy guy is then the one calling but he eventually just like starts answering the guy even though he's not the person that he meant to call but he's like just starts helping him anyways yeah and then it could be this like ongoing thing where it's like all these like crazy phone calls from this random guy who has the wrong number right and doesn't believe that he's not like he almost doesn't give him time to answer you know uh that he's the wrong person yeah you know i think that could be potentially something there yeah yeah absolutely i think i think any situational funny thing and yeah and that's the beautiful thing is it would be pretty easy yeah to light and film and yeah 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 one thing i think i've been thinking about too is just like um even when you talk about lighting and filming um you know back in the day when we were doing the youtube stuff um, and for a little bit of history, like when Todd first moved down, we did a YouTube channel and we just went out and filmed YouTube videos with T2I with mm-hmm. a little roadie mic attached to the top of it. And it was three of us. The so height of of quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's just three of us. So a lot of times only two of us were on camera at once. Or if it was like it would be a tripod and then we would <laughs> one person would run around <laughs> after hitting record. Yeah. Um, but there is some beauty to doing ideas simple enough that they can be filmed really easy like that. And even like not really worrying that much about production quality. Yeah. Because you can get hung up so much. I can get hung up so much on production quality that then I don't do an idea. And half the time, the ideas aren't good enough to validate spending a bunch of time and money on production quality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like if the idea ends up being really good, then you can always vet it out later to right. a little short film. Yeah. You know, a little five-minute short comedy film mm-hmm. that actually has good production value. You know, maybe has real actors. Yeah. You know, but I mean, we had some we had some YouTube videos that did really well, and then we had other ones that like we think are funny, but nobody else really does. Right. You know, and it's like no point in spending a thousand dollars on gear and convincing our friends to come up to Rome yeah. to film that when it's not maybe even that good of an idea to begin with. Yeah. You know. And it also kind of takes away the spontaneity and, like, the moment of just being able to go and just film something real fast, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we have – we used to do so much with so little. Now we have so much and we do so little. (laughs) (laughs) It really is just, like, it's insane how we had talked about green screen ideas with with things and we're, you know, oh, we just don't have – the green screen capabilities. Now we literally have, like, how big is that green screen? Uh, it's 20 by 20. 20 by 20. Yeah. 20 feet by 20 feet. Yeah. I mean, you could put it behind an entire car and yeah. cover the whole car. Yeah. I mean, and we have room where we could bring in a <laughs> yeah. car yeah. and do a car scene. Yeah. And, like, I mean, it'd be funny. And, I mean, yeah. we could do whatever we want. So, um, 
Yeah, I think now that we know that, like, we could do a scene where we're driving a car, and all of a sudden, like, we're in a Mario Kart racetrack or something. Yeah, you exactly. know, like, it could just be uh, funny that way, or... I don't know, there's... We had, like, an idea for, like, toy soldiers at one point, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, I the idea... I thought about that, actually, recently. The, um, the idea was that, like... Um, It'd be like a modern warfare type thing, but mm-hmm. they're like playing on, they're like um, shooting each other and fighting like over a couch. So they're okay. like miniaturized soldiers. Nice. They're like scaling down a couch yeah, or yeah. like running across the kitchen or, you know, like a sniper is like, you know, up in like between a picture frame and, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And something like that would be totally fun to do. And it would be really easy. Yeah. I mean, we obviously we need people to help us um, be the characters, but, you know, um, costumes and stuff wouldn't be too challenging. At that time, Ross actually had like access to like a bunch of SWAT gear mm. um, from from Triple Horse. So he was like, yeah, I can get the gear. We just would need a place to film it. Um, yeah. So that's something. Um, and I was talking to Helen, too. I was like uh, after I got home and I, I was saying about how we just wanted to make more content and. And she was like, well, you know, uh, if you're being the perfectionist that she is, she was like, you know, she was like, sometimes the perfectionist part of us wants to make everything really, really good, the production quality part. She's like, but if maybe you just decide to focus on one specific part being perfect and not really worry about the other parts. Yeah. You know, so for this, we're going to really make sure that our like wardrobes are really funny, Mm. our costumes. Yeah. You know, like with the Red Dead idea, like let's really make the cowboy outfit look amazing. Yeah. But then the rest of it, let's not care at all yeah you know it can just be me and you filming it but you're in a cowboy costume and our camera's quality is amazing just straight up yeah yeah i mean it'll look good no matter what and i think i think what's nice is we've learned simple things that we can do to make it look better like backlighting Mm -hmm. well we can just make sure we park the car to where the sun is backlighting you and you know and then that right there will make it look better than if it's front lit from the sun right yeah Um, and that doesn't require anything which is where you park the car mm-hmm. in the parking lot. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's actually, I thought about that. I was like, that's actually really a good point. You know, like maybe really focus on like the dialogue, like, you know, the Christmas Christmas story idea that we've, I mean, you have talked about plenty before and maybe one day we could talk about it on the podcast, but uh, you know, it's a mockumentary and I've been watching the office. Right. And uh, one of the things I really like about the office, and I told you this off mic before, but is just how they, when they cut to somebody, when they're talking to the camera only, you know, the camera team only, they always are like, it's like a perfect, they're like adding to what's happening in the scene. It's like a footnote. Like yeah, a little, yeah. yeah, it's this like beautiful little like footnote, but it's like, it's a, it's an additive yeah, footnote. It's absolutely. not like, a, it's not like they're just commenting. Right. You know, it's not, it's not like. They're a, not like, I have broccoli today, but it's like, it plays into the joke. Yeah, or it's not like somebody's like, in, it's not like in the scene they're like I love broccoli and then it cuts to them and they're like I love broccoli and <laughs> right. you know it's like they'll be like I love broccoli and they'll cut to them to somebody else being like my dad used to force me to eat broccoli every <laughs> night for dinner and then it cuts back yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and it's like Angela <laughs> and it's like that's why and you're like oh she had like abusive parents right that's why she's the way she yeah, is yeah, yeah. you know and, and it's like it adds to it it's like adds this another layer um and so i was like well that would be something i'd love to incorporate into our movie but um that's something that takes like practice you know you need to know how to do that um and i was like it'd be funny to do a little short a little comedy short where uh we practice that trait like what helen's saying like just focus on like one part of it and learning how to do that part 
Um, and so it's like that could be the thing that we focus on. And it could be a and when you think about it that way, then it's easier to come up with ideas of how you can like an idea that allows you to do that thing. Uh, and so I was like, we could have it to where it's two guys that work at an office together and they love the office. So they make a mockumentary about themselves at the office <laughs> or a documentary, a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like, they maybe, you know, they're like, we've been watching this documentary called The Office and we want to show you guys <laughs> our office. But it's just the two of them. Yeah. So whenever the other person's getting filmed, it means that the other person is the one filming. Yeah. yeah. And so then they talk like trash <laughs> to the camera about the other person, but the other person's listening. <laughs> you know? And so yeah. it's like, it starts, so you could have like a moment where like, you know, you like walk in and you're like, and it's like a wide shot of like me and like the the you know the multi-purpose room or something. And you're like, I didn't really appreciate how when you were being interviewed, you <laughs> talked about how you know like I uh, whatever you know. Yeah. And then I and then it but then it could like cut to me again. Yeah. Like we do like they do in the office, and I'll be like I come you know and I say something. And I'm like you know what on top of that, Todd also whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's like but you're obviously the one filming, <laughs> and then it cuts back to that wide shot again. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's like we could like practice that yeah. whole like cutting back and forth yeah. from the interview stuff to the yeah because i do think there's like an art to all these little elements yeah definitely. you know um and if we want to be and it's creating content but mm -hmm. it's like it's learning how to make if you want to be if we want to be content creators you know we obviously need to hone our skills um and even i've thought too is just like even just practicing stuff like even if we don't even ever show it to anybody or nobody ever really even listens or watches it, you know, just getting the experience of practicing. You know, yeah. I was thinking about that too, where it's like, if you're gonna go um, sing a song, even at like church or something, you're gonna practice singing that song right. before you go and sing that song. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna be a violinist and you're gonna play in the Atlanta Symphony, you're gonna practice your solo before you pr play your solo for everybody mm -hmm. who's bought a ticket. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of times as content creators and like especially as filmmakers um or really just anything like or like art like a writer a lot of times don't do this as much you know um uh filmmakers don't you know photographers do a little bit but not as much but it's just like the idea of like practicing you know um so that's also something that i've been kind of thinking about that it's a different form of content creation because we're not like giving it out to people but it is still creating content yeah but it's almost like content more for us you know yeah. So, I love that office idea. I think that could be, that could be really funny. And like, you just film it like how they do. You know, it's like zoom in and walking in and zooms out real quick to kind of get the whole process. And uh, yeah, I think that could be really good. I I really like that idea. We should definitely yeah, do that. yeah. I just I was like trying to think of a when Helen said like you know focus on specific parts, and that was kind of like YouTube back in the day for me. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a YouTube channel. After watching Freddie W, I was like, I want to do this. Um, but then I also was like, it was just a chance to try out stuff that I'd never done before. Yeah. It kind of became like my like mad science lab. You know, like I always like I saw how you could use After Effects to hit somebody with a car. So we had one where we hit somebody with a car. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, I wanted to try green screen. So we did green screen through the window that one time. You know, I wanted to like see if we could like make myself small and make you or make somebody look small to somebody big. We did that one where we shrunk you. Yeah. You know, so it was like it became just this like fun thing for me to just like experiment with stuff. Um, and so that same idea, but like being almost more specific of like where that was almost a lot of that stuff was like special effects experimenting. 
I feel like this could be like storytelling, experimenting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think getting these ideas, and I mean, what was it? I mean, we were talking about the reason why we don't always do these ideas. You want to kind of elaborate on that? Kind of do you do you want to kind of describe what the enneagram is? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I've become a a um, obsessive. Yep. Obsessive <laughs> is a good word. Yep. <laughs> Uh, on this thing called the Enneagram, which is basically a personality test, mm-hmm. kind of similar to um, Myers Briggs or the Strengths Finders test or um, there's the the Harry Potter yeah. what, School of Magic test. House sorting hat. <laughs> the sorting hat. Yeah, Gryffindor, by the way. Gryffindor as well. I wish yeah. I was Ravenclaw, but I'm a stupid, courageous person, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Raven. Why would you want to be Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw is cool. They're like blue. They're like they're not Slytherin, but they're smart. They're definitely like bookworms. I mean, like, who do you know who's in Ravenclaw? Like, you don't know anyone. That's cool. Like, they're like <laughs> under the radar. Definitely better than Hufflepuff. Let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, I know like Hufflepuff has like resurged in the last like couple years, and everyone's like Hufflepuff's cool. It's like no, nah. no. Nah. Nah, nah, you can keep saying it, but it's like be like you know people who eat mayonnaise from a spoon. It's like you're the worst type of human being. <laughs> It's pretty intense. It's really intense. <laughs> but that's why I think Hufflepuff needs to stay in their place. You're Hufflepuff. That's why you're a Gryffindor. <laughs> By the way, those comments put you in Gryffindor. Good. Gryffindor. I'm better than you. <laughs> I'm more cooler and courageous and better and powerful. Hufflepuff's like, we accept everyone. Gryffindor's just like, we have Harry Potter. <laughs> Gryffindor's like, yeah, we're acceptive, but we're the best. Do they have any uh, mega international hits that star a uh, Hufflepuff? No. No. <laughs> um, okay, so Enneagram test. So uh, there's nine types on the Enneagram test. It's actually kind of like a, um, a older... Uh, test that was developed um, back in the day. Um, I don't remember how old it is, but it's old, like almost like Renaissance era, like medieval time, almost like level. Oh wow! Air. Yeah, so it was um, first like recording of it was from a um, like a monk did it, um, and it's tied to the. I did uh, not know that. And it was tied to the deadly sins. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Um, and so it's like basically where a lot of these other tests are more about helping it's almost like your positive sides of you uh the enneagram is more almost about your negative sides and it's basically like how you uh you come into the world as this pure little being and then you discover a fallen broken world that doesn't uh meet our human needs our our inherent human needs and so you develop a defense mechanism to deal with the fact that the world is broken Okay. Um, and um, and that your needs aren't being met. Um, like you're like you're like I'm saying you're like not your need for like I need to eat or I need to drink or I need to sleep. Your inherent, but my needs, need for yeah. love, my need yeah. for recognition, my need for the core of who we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like more like spiritual needs. Um, and so uh, because of that though, then a lot of times the things about the enneagram that they say about you, like there are some positive elements to them. Uh, and they are potentially the parts of your personality that are attractive on a more surface level element. You know, like if people like initially met you and you're more just like a casual friend, they, these would potentially be the things that they would say they like about you uh, or don't like about you. But then 
um, when you get more deeper into it and like more to the core of like why you are that way, it's actually kind of more of a negative thing. It's like it's like you almost like responding once again, almost out of a um, almost out of a the flaw of the world that has created like a flaw in you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, what's appealing to me about it is because it's a lot of these other things are more just like be more of who be more be more of an ENFP. Right. Or be more of this, be more of that, you know. And this is more like if you really pursue the Enneagram as like a way to like better yourself, it's really more about um, how can you undo the damage you did to yourself as a child. Wow. Um, and be a more fuller, healthier person by not letting. Now, obviously, you'd still keep your personality that you developed out of it, but like you're the cause for why you're doing these things, like letting go of some of that and learning to be a more, more like how you were intended to be a more like more healthy sounds like you're unhealthy which it is but not in the way that psychologists a right. lot of times are depicted as like healthy unhealthy like you know an unhealthy person is somebody who's like an alcoholic a healthy person is a non-alcoholic but this is more just like healthy in the sense of like almost being like in shape yeah you know like physically in shape like mm-hmm. if you're sitting on the couch maybe you're like blood pressure and calories and all that kind of stuff are fine but it's just like you could not like run and get something quickly if you needed to right and that's unhealthy yeah and a healthy person has the ability to run and get something quickly and not be like you know breathing heavily after right. you know it's more like kind of like that like be a healthy you know let your spiritual and like heart kind of be in a healthier place yeah i like that because the My- myers-briggs I know was like a huge thing, and it definitely like when people found out what they were in the Myers Briggs, it definitely was very much of a like a token type thing. Yeah, like oh, I'm an INFJ or whatever. Like I've heard like a thousand people. I don't even know if everyone is an INFJ. You know, it it definitely puts you in a box where it sounds like uh, the enneagram. It's kind of like here's a healthy way. Of, you know, like find what's gonna like help you. Yeah. Yeah, well, and a lot of times, like, I feel like with Myers-Briggs, um, which was interesting, the guy who made Myers-Briggs actually never intended it to be used, like, so, like, uh, verbatim. Oh, wow. Which was really interesting. But, um, uh, but yeah, a lot of those other personality things, it's like it becomes an excuse, in my opinion. Right. You know, it's like, you know, like, oh, man, you dominate all the conversations when, like, you and your wife, oh, man, you dominate all the conversations. You need to stop doing that. You know, she might say, you know, and um, and you're like, well, I can't help it. I'm an ENFP, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm an extrovert. You know, it's just what I do. And it's like, no, no, you're a dick who (laughs) controls the conversation. Yeah. You should let other people talk. Yeah. You know, Um, and so like that's what's cool about the Enneagram is that, in my opinion, because it's like, oh, you're an eight. You actually need to stop being an eight. Wow. Like you will always be an eight. But your goal in life is to actually reduce your eightness. And become more of a just like become come kind of reclaim like your center. Yeah. You know. So anyways, so the points on the test or there's nine types. The first one is called the perfectionist. It's number one is a perfectionist. Number two is the helper. Uh, so the perfectionist is what it sounds like. Somebody who likes who is a perfectionist. Uh, and basically they deal with the fact that the world isn't perfect by perfecting their world around them. Mm-hmm. Going on this like endless like unsolvable pursuit, on unachievable pursuit of making everything around them perfect right. or making themselves perfect or making others perfect. Uh, then number two is the helper, and they uh, solve the problem of not feeling 
loved and appreciated by helping people so that they will love them and appreciate them. Number three is the achiever. That's somebody who once most of these are kind of their names kind of just define what they are but that's somebody who once again wants love and appreciation and respect and they do that by accomplishing things mm. like if i win enough gold ribbons people will love me uh number four is the individualist or the um, romantic and they um they kind of almost where like some people almost like chase after something when they don't have it other people then like withdraw from it and i think a four would be more somebody who withdraws like they don't feel loved and appreciated so they almost withdraw and like try to make their own identity and their own personality and these are the kind of people that are like a little bit more a lot of times they're more artistic um, maybe a little bit more eccentric but it's almost like well if i'm not going to be loved by the group then i'm going to go like make my own like very unique individualistic personality yeah um and then they want to be like appreciated for their individualistic personality you know um, this would be the person that like has the purple hair in middle school when everybody else just has their normal hair yeah. that they were given, you know, like Tonks in Harry Potter. Yeah, there you go. Bring it. Who back I think to... she was a Hufflepuff. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't and... like that kind around here. <laughs> uh, uh, and then a lot of times they're even more a little bit more emotional and dramatic, mm-hmm. uh, which once again it's like almost like the people who like try to draw attention to themselves but act like they're not drawing attention to themselves. Um, and then the five, uh, I can't remember what, I think they're the intellect. Uh, I can't remember all these names, or maybe they're the investigator. But anyways, there's somebody who like loves like data and um, research and um, analytics. like analytic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they um, they kind of solve their problems and like by like knowledge and knowing and almost being detached yeah. from everybody. Logic. Yeah, they're yeah. almost less. They're less um, friendly and. Uh, less relational and more like mental, um, almost robotic. Yeah, uh, like Hufflepuffs. No, that would be Ravenclaw. That would be Ravenclaw. The ones the, you want to be. The one true. <laughs> 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 and then uh, uh, six is the. Uh, man, I'm forgetting what five and six's names are. But anyways, six is like kind of the um, person who's like the is sky the is romantic? falling. No, that's number four. The sky, uh, the sky is falling type person. Okay. Like they're worried. They're Eeyore. They're worried that everything possible could go wrong. They're constantly um, concerned about, well, what about this or what about that? The like fatalist maybe or something? Yeah, kind of like, like that. Um, everything is lost. And... Well, and so they sometimes can be like just super depressed about okay. like or negative. They can be like the more negative Nancy, but they can also be like the, the wor- emo. <laughs> but they can also be like the wor- worry wart okay. person where they, you know, when you say, hey, let's, you know what would be fun if we went on a road trip this weekend? They're like, yeah, but ones if like we can't find a good hotel and yeah. ones if the weather's bad and what about this and what about that? Like they're the person who's just like constantly thinking about everything that could go wrong yeah and basically in their life stuff has went wrong in their childhood and so their way of like coping with that is by like trying to think about everything possible that could go wrong so they can be prepared for it wow you know these are the kind of people who would build a bunker yeah in their house in case the apocalypse happens and then sevens But are... when everything goes wrong, you'll be sorry. <laughs> exactly. That's what they would say. <laughs> I wish I was the number six. <laughs> <laughs> then seven is the um, enthusiast. These are like the high energy, like they're constantly needing to do something. Uh, they they basically run away from their like pain mm. by constantly being occupied with more fun things. 
Okay. Um, they love adventures. They're optimistic. They basically don't like to ever stop because if they stop, then they have to actually like be self-reflective <laughs> and think about like their issues. Yeah. Uh, then you have the eights who are like more the domineering type okay. personality. They're your stereotypical like eight type personality where they like they're very black and white. They're very like take charge people. They're they're yeah. your stereotypical like CEO in a movie boss mm-hmm. who like walks in. You know, like the Devil Wears Prada kind of lady. Um, you know, where it's like my way or the highway, come on, let's all go. And sometimes these people can be like a good version of that, you know, but it's still like everybody kind of, you know, a a good eight would be somebody that like still like people come in and they just kind of instantly sort of follow them and sort of, they sort of take charge and people follow after them. Like a tiller the hunt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, nines that are the peacemakers. Uh, and so these are people who like same thing that there was maybe they, a lot of times it's kind of double double on the peacemaker like they if there was potentially chaos in their childhood and so then their goal is to like try to create harmony yeah and like and a lot of times they do that by setting aside their own personal needs or desires to like more easily blend with the group so these would be a lot of times the people who when you ask them like where do you want to go for dinner they're like wherever you want to go right you know or what do you want to do whatever you want to do um and sometimes that also then comes from like potentially being um, overlooked or like their opinions never being considered when they're kids. So it's like a, if they're like the middle child or the younger child where like older siblings got to do everything. Yeah. If they, if like they, if they followed an eight who was like always like, this is what we're doing. And then a lot of times then they would be a nine because it's like, they don't want to like deal with the conflict of like standing up to the eight. So it's right. easier just to go along with what they want to do. Um, so they avoid conflict a lot. So now that we've described the Enneagram, right. Um, from the little bit of tests that you've done, you think you're a two. Yeah. Uh, from the obsessive research that I've done, I've bounced around from a four to a seven to a three right. to where now I'm thinking at this point in this moment that I'm a nine. Um, and one of the things that nines really struggle with is, um, initiative. Right. Uh, a lot of times they don't know what they want to do. So they then don't, if you don't know what you want to do, you can't do it. Um, and then in general, it's just like they like kind of peace and harmony and their deadly sin. Like I said, all these have deadly sins that are attached to them. Their deadly sin is sloth or laziness. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're more likely to choose something that's like comfortable and easy than do something that's more challenging and hard. Um, and so I think in a lot of situations, there's ideas that I have like nines. They even talk about how nines like to talk about like future things and like ideas and thoughts but then they have a really hard time actually putting them into action. Uh, and so I'm like, I think that has been one of the issues with us doing some of this content creation that we've had ideas and thoughts on is that we'll talk about an idea at lunch, but then we'll never actually do it. Right. Um, and I feel like part of that is because I, especially as the owner of the company, need to be the one taking the initiative and I'm not taking the initiative yeah. out of being kind of a nine. Um, and then I think if you're a two, twos want to help people but they're not somebody who's going to take the initiative and if i'm not doing it you can't help me right but you're not going to do it on your own because you're a two yeah so um it ends up then that we do nothing Mm -hmm. yeah you know and even this podcast that we're doing is because you came in here and set it all up (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so um so i think that's uh I think that's something that as we continue to try to develop our content, that's really something that both of us are going to have to work on is like you choosing to take the initiative on stuff 
and making roping me into it right like you did with this podcast uh and me choosing to take the initiative and then allowing you to come and come along and help me um yeah and that's i mean that's really hard for me as a helper because it's like I think until we have like agree, I probably would never have done this until we had like actually discussed the desire to make content. Yeah, and knowing that podcasting is a viable way of of content, and yeah. how a lot of people don't, are now getting on board. Like, I, I, they have these things called like a tripod day or whatever, where they like tell three people about podcasting over because it's like only three percent of the population actually knows a podcasting exists like it's insanely low number um and so being able to have that kind of permission from you to be like all right let's set this up let's do it because we had talked about this yeah for a while and then finally it was like one day where i was like all right i'm gonna set up these sound blankets these mics and just see what it looks like and then let's do this and it's been yeah. a lot of fun doing that yeah so. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, what would you say to someone who, uh, before we kind of go back to content, because the Enneagram is very interesting. Yep. I think a lot of people who are listening to this might be thinking, you know, where do I find to take the test? And then also, for all the ones you listed, a lot of people could be like, well, I'm this, I'm that, yep. I'm this, I'm this. Because, uh, you know, there's pieces of what you said. I'm like, yeah, I see myself with that. Yep. What would you say? Like, why is that? Yeah. Well, uh, so um, t- uh, as far as where you can go, there's actually a good podcast called Typology. Okay. Um, spelled exactly the way it sounds um, by, um, I don't know his last name. I don't remember his last name, but his first name's Ian. Um, he has really annoying intros. Okay. Uh, but get past that, and it's interesting. <laughs> uh, and he interviews people with those different um, from those different types. So he'll interview like a nine, or he'll interview a two. I will say that like a lot of times the people he interviews are people who are like really successful at those like successful people with those numbers, which That's obviously makes sense because you want to. Oh, it's Bob Goff. I want to listen to Bob Goff. Yeah. But it's like Bob Goff is like potentially like one of the best sevens you could listen to, <laughs> you know? So sometimes it's like, Oh, it'd be nice if you just interviewed like normal people, right. not people who are like uber successful. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, so listening to them, you can kind of start getting a sense of like, like I thought I was a seven initially cause I love doing fun stuff and being adventurous, but then listening to a couple sevens, they talked about how like they like immediately would like jump out of bed full of energy. I've never jumped out of bed <laughs> in my life and I rarely am full of energy. Yeah. And I was like, nah, that doesn't sound like me. But then I read some more and then nines and sevens like share that desire to have fun yeah. and not do mundane or boring okay. or, or, or chore type things. Yeah. Um, and because like nines are creatures of comfort. And so nothing about mowing the lawn is comforting unless you enjoy mowing the lawn. Right. Like Evan, who should be listening to this podcast. Because for crying out loud, Evan, this is our third podcast. <laughs> if you haven't listened to it yet, when you're just at home, you can be watching the kids with the podcast on. If he's not listening to it, I bet he's a huff puff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only reason you're not listening, yeah, how far he's a Slytherin. <laughs> Slytherin's okay. I'm okay with Slytherin. There's a healthy respect. As long as you're not. I mean, what, who would we conquer as Gryffindor if there I mean, weren't Slytherins? You never in the hear world. Harry Potter like griping or even having conflict with the Hufflepuff. Like that just doesn't <laughs> They're happen. They're non-existent. I mean, you could be like, well, with uh, whatever his name, Mr. Twilight. Nah, nah, he didn't care about him. <laughs> Cause he don't care about no hoverbuff. 
Um, so anyways, typology is a great way to go. And then there's uh, the Enneagram Institute. It's a website. If you just type in Enneagram test, um, and you can take a quick test. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got that is actually why I thought I was a seven because the number came back that I was a seven. Um, the best thing, though, is actually buy some books. If you're really interested in it, you can read it. Ian's book is actually pretty good. Cool. And then there's another lady's book that I um, that we'll put in the show notes. <laughs> show notes. Because people say that all the time yeah. on the podcast. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, but I'll link to her. i in my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really curious, uh, we can put it in there. I don't remember her yeah. name. It's Suzanne, I think, something. But okay. um, it's I actually think a better book because at the very back, like where to your question where you say, well, I see myself in a little bit of all these things. Uh we are a little bit of all of them. Right. Uh, it's just that one is going to be more dominant than others. Um, you know, do I um, sometimes be a seven to avoid conf or to avoid doing pain? Do I go mm-hmm. do something fun? Do I do I throw in a video game to not deal with the stress that's yeah. in my life? Yeah, all the time. You know, or do I um, sometimes feel like I want to be more my own individualistic person like a four or do I sometimes love like logic and research like a like a five or do I sometimes worry about the future like a six or do sometimes I want to like you know do sometimes I come in and take charge of a situation like an eight you know yeah sure or am I perfectionist in some situations totally um but it's like there's gonna be one that's like more dominant you know that like uh, and that's why I'm kind of feeling at this point like I'm more of a nine because the more that I've read about him and thought about it, like my desire to avoid conflict yeah. and to be agreeable yeah. to the people that are around me, whether it's people below me that are I'm in charge of or the people that I'm dealing with as like clients of mine that I'm like working for, you know, like I will throw out my own preferences in a heartbeat yeah. to like be agreeable to somebody else, which is something I have to like struggle with because as a director, like your vision is what people are paying for, yet mm-hmm. it's the one thing that, as a director, probably your biggest challenge is that nobody wants to do your vision <laughs> and everybody has their own vision and yeah. thinks that they should do it their way. <laughs> and so as a director, you constantly have to fight for your division, your vision, which is really hard for yeah. a nine yeah. who wants to make peace and everybody to like them yeah. and to go along like, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like That's if I really true. wanted Mexican food, but everybody else wants something else, I would be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll eat Mexican tomorrow. Right. But when you're the director, you're like, no, like I, this is what I want and you guys have to do it. And that yeah. usually makes people upset or annoyed and or slightly frustrated and the nine is like oh my gosh like they said that for nines feedback is conflict Uh, you know so to where it's like to other people like they're like if you're upset with somebody and you need to like tell them about it you know like even something as simple as like uh this is something that happened with me and you and i was like this is why i continue to think i'm a nine although like i definitely have some of these other components like Mm -hmm. as a growing up like i did feel like i enjoyed being individualistic and i didn't dye my hair purple but i did enjoy having like kind of like i didn't always feel like i fit in with the the crowd and felt a little like a misfit toy and so i was like so almost like owning that was like a part of my life was like okay i'm if i'm if i don't fit in with anybody then i'm just gonna let that be who i am the guy who doesn't fit in yeah um which is kind of a four thing but as i thought about it more and more like nines like a nine is something that i act on more and more more throughout my day than anything else so even something as simple as uh you were doing it and now um and now uh chris lewis is doing oh, it lewis where like we have those two obvious parking spots right by the stairs right and then the third one on the left side of the stairs 
and you were parking in the middle of the two obvious spots, right? Then we don't have any lines. So yeah. It's not like there's like clear. It's not like people are parking badly. Right. But it's like we could fit two cars without parking right in front of the steps where people can't walk down the steps easily. Yeah. Uh, and me like telling you that I wanted you to like park better was like I felt so bad about that <laughs> and even felt bad about it after I said it. And yeah. then like that night I thought about it and I was like, I should have just not even said anything. I sound so like sound so much like a prick yeah. that it wants to park close to the stairs. Sound like a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then now now Lewis is doing it and I'm like, I need to say something Lewis. Yeah. To where a lot of times it's like nines will like go out of their way to find some other way to resolve it. To where I like I'm my mind I'm like, as opposed to just talking to Lewis who is like 10 years younger than me and I'm paying him yeah. to show up and work for me to say, hey, Tennis park, generous, park closer, oh, close over. It's 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> park closer so we could park two cars there yeah. easily. Uh, I, I'm like, maybe I could just spray paint lines so mm-hmm. everybody knows where to park. And then that way the lines deal with the conflict instead of me. Yeah. Or you could tell your helper. <laughs> yeah who will tell him you yeah, know like you he doesn't have a problem with telling him. <laughs> that's like right. that's the funny thing <laughs> yeah you you're go. like it's all on me <laughs> it's like you have a helper <laughs> that's right i should just be like Tom, can you tell lewis because yeah. i don't want to tell him oh. so uh and they were saying that like with other people like most people are probably like that is not a big deal yeah. why are you stressed out about yeah. that but like something as simple and small as that to a nine seems like this like huge fight yeah. you're having with another human being almost this huge like point of conflict um so I think that's probably like as you like just think about it more and you listen to it, it's like what stuff is like more regularly something about your personality. Mm-hmm. And then the other interesting thing is it, you can get really deep with this stuff, which is fascinating and cool. You can keep it at surface level or you can go deep with it. I've gone deep with it. Um, but you also have wings. So the numbers that are next to you are also parts of your personality. So for me, one and three. One and three, yeah. yep. And usually one of them is more dominant than the other. Not that you don't sometimes like fall back on your one wing or your two wing if the other is dominant, but like for the most part, you're more operating out of the other one. Yeah. So for me, I think my wing is actually an eight. And then uh, then obviously I still have the perfectionist wing as well. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah. And there are areas in my life that I'm a hardcore perfectionist, but then there's other areas where I'm not. Uh, my dad had some perfectionist qualities for sure, and it would drive me crazy right. working with him that he was, like, wanting to make everything so perfect. And you're married to a perfectionist. And I'm married to a perfectionist, yeah. yeah. So I know for sure that, like, I'm not as much of a perfectionist as they are. Right. Um, but I also, there's a lot, th- so that, like, in my situation with the nine, as I read it, I was like, there's a lot of stuff where this person, like, almost is, like, the wallflower. Like, they just want to be, like, not even really a part of the scene. They really struggle with that. They just kind of want to be out of out of the crowd. Yeah. Um, that's not like me at all. Like I was SGA president. I love doing talent right. shows. Yeah. I like to be in front of people. Like I love the spotlight. I love being in front of people. I love, you know, I love commanding a room and like knowing that everybody has to listen to me. Yeah. Even if they're but on their phones. That could come from a peacemaker, you know, because it's it. You maybe want to command the room because you know that what you'll say and do will like everyone will have a good time. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. Because yeah. you're confident in what you're yeah. saying and you usually yeah. are right, yeah. you know. And But I think that the reason that I'm able to get over kind of parts of my nineness is mm-hmm. because of the eight wing. And the eights are like the opposites of nines. Um, and that's something that I've thought about where even I've felt over the years a sense of um, almost like a split split personality element or like two two parts of me conflicting maybe not split personality but two parts of me conflicting almost like the little angels mm-hmm. the little two people on your shoulder in the like cartoons where it's like the nine part of me that just wants to like be comfortable and chill and relax and like 
find a nice little lake with a cottage and just like fish for my food and never have to really work ever again. Like that part that like just wants to retire right? and never have to do anything to the other part of me who wants to like be Steven Spielberg yeah, and like own Hollywood, yeah, you know? And it's like, those are two completely different like vibes and feelings. And I feel like there's a conflict there constantly. So something with the Enneagram that's helpful is like realizing that like, no, those aren't just like feelings that you have every once in a while. That's a real thing. And how can I like use my eight to accomplish? How do I, how can I use my eight to not? Because part of the thing with the nines is they say like, you think that like comfortability is the solution to your problems, but oftentimes seeking comfort, comfortable settings or comfortability is actually going to create discomfort later. Yeah. You know, like, oh, instead of working on repairing a part of my house, you know, oh, I have a leak in my house. Instead of fixing it this weekend, I'm going to just chill and watch a movie all weekend. Yeah. Then it rains a ton and it causes more damage to my house. So now it's an even bigger issue than if I just fixed it. Or, you know, not telling Lewis to park in front of the stairs yeah, when we have a shoe and all our parking spots are full. Yeah. Or even just the fact that now I'm going to spend a bunch of hours spray painting lines. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I could just tell them, hey, can you park closer to the edge yeah. so we can fit more cars yeah. by the stairs, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a, you know, avoiding conflict oftentimes creates more conflict. Like they say that like nines will like agree to go do something and then later wish that they, like when they're then doing it, they wish they hadn't done it. Like they'll agree to like, yeah, you can, like, yeah, we can go to this person's house for the weekend or yeah, we can go on this vacation or yeah, we can, yeah, let's do dinner with so-and-so that Mm -hmm. Thursday. When in reality, you really actually want to do this. Mm -hmm. And then when you're there, you're miserable. Yeah. And you're like, why did I come? I've done that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing that's interesting is, a lot of times the results are the same, like our actual actions are the same, but the reason why we're doing them is different, mm. you know? So you might be agreeing to that kind of stuff because you're a helper. I'm a helper. Yep. And so Allie says, hey, I really want to go to this party. And you're like, I don't want to tell my helpmate that yeah. I don't want to do this for yeah. her. I'm going to do it for her out of like helpfulness. Yeah. And then you're there and you're like, I'm miserable. Yeah. This is not what I wanted to do. I might do it because I could care less about helping Helen. I do it because I don't want to create conflict with him. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and because I also just don't have opinions yeah. on what I want to do for Thursday. I, and she's asking me on Sunday. Yeah. I've I, definitely done stuff out of the helper. Yeah. Like uh, our, our mutual friend, uh, uh, Lowry, he asked me to take him down to the airport in Atlanta. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we got to leave at like 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and he's never taken me to the airport. You know, it's yeah. just like anything like that. But I did it because I was like, I want to help him. And then I was like, this is the yeah. worst. So I that's know. another thing that you yeah. just said that's interesting about twos is that a lot of times they help with the assumption that then people are going to help them back. Mm. And so that's like a big thing that they actually have to work through is mm. that like if you do help somebody, just know that like your help isn't currency. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're investing in the relationship and then that you can like withdraw from that. Yeah. Your, your friendships or relationships aren't in bank accounts. So if you give, just know that you're like giving. Yep. I know that now. Yeah, I yeah. definitely know that now. Like especially after my wedding, and uh, <laughs> 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 it was like helping so many people with their years with their weddings, and then no one like helped out. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. And so that's like something that like you know, so like as nines need to realize that like conflict is good. Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing that like you know like lean into your conflict. A lot of times, it actually makes your relationship stronger and better. Yeah. Um, which is totally true. Um, every time I've ever like confronted somebody and had like a heart to heart, it's always been something that's actually made everything better, not yep. worse. But in my mind, it's like going to be the end of the world, yeah. you know. Um, and so it's like that's a hard thing. And it's basically like 
I think that's the other thing about the Enneagram. It's interesting. It's almost like being an alcoholic. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You know, once a nine, always nine. Like, long as, as long as I'm alive, conflict is always going to be an issue, and I just have to work better at, like, learning how to, like, ignore it, get around it, work, like, like work through it, you know? Um, you're always going to have the desire to help people, to feel valued in the relationship, and also to feel like that you, like that, like that whole thing that you're saying, like the investment in yeah. them gives you investment back, Yeah, you know? They're doing uh, the videos, the coming down here and working and, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Um, you know, and, you know, I haven't read as much about the twos because I know for sure I'm not a two. Like where you're talking about like how we all have like little elements of ourselves in the different numbers. Like mm-hmm. two is probably my least. Yeah. Um, I would say probably out of the whole whole Enneagram, um, which has actually, I think, sometimes caused not issues, but like there's been situations where you've really wanted to do stuff for our friend groups and wanted to include me in it. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Evan's moving across town, and I like, when are we gonna all help him? And there's an assumption on your part that we're all gonna do it. Yeah. And I'm like, I could care less about helping <laughs> Evan. Like, yeah. if Evan asked me to help him, then I probably would because I wouldn't want to say no yeah. because I would feel bad about <laughs> causing conflict That's interesting. and saying yeah. no to him. Yeah. But I'm like, but I don't get anything out of helping Evan, and I know Evan is strong and capable. Yeah. And the last time I moved, I hired people to move. Yeah. Me, so I didn't have to ask people because I almost didn't want to once again create conflict by asking people to you know and them saying yes just because they felt like they had to because that's how i would feel Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like it's this like whole interesting thing of where it's like how you know these different things play in so um so yeah so if you're one of these numbers i found it fascinating i think the other thing that's helpful definitely is relationships um you know work relationships even uh, some you know even something as simple as work relationships to something complicated like your marriage you know i think it's been helpful for me and helen um and i think you know the goal is really to exhibit the long-term goal would actually be to exhibit all the positive aspects of all the traits okay. you know and that and some of the books usually talk about you know like at the end they're like you know the you know like um the each how each number uh shows what we uh kind of how all of us as humans uh kind of deal with life and issues and struggles um and like all of us definitely do little parts of all of them yeah you know um and so they're kind of saying like the path of like health for this number is something that we can all learn from you know um even though as i was saying that about twos like there's still you know an element to where uh nobody anybody no matter who you are Nobody likes to feel unhelpful or unused. Like if you're in a situation and like everybody's just like overlooking you, almost like a small child who can't help. Like you're too little to help. Nobody likes that feeling. Yeah. You know, of being useless, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just for twos, it's like a really big deal. Yeah. You know, or it's a bigger deal to everybody than to everybody else, you know. And most people don't enjoy conflict that causes struggles in the relationship, yeah. you know. But for nines, it's like the thing, Yeah. you know. So, yeah, so he's going all the way back to content. Um, you know, it's realizing sometimes just even how our personalities affect, um, you know, our what we do, you know. Yeah, uh, before we go back to content, uh, you haven't watched Parks and Rec, but there's a character uh, uh, named Chris Traeger, and <laughs> he is, like, the Mr., like, super positive, always act, you know, like, and Perkins, like yeah. he, he talks like that, and there's a episode where 
he's been recently broken up with, and so he's always doing like physical activity. So he's like, I'll bike over there. And he he doesn't need the bike, but he's like riding on his bike, and he's like. He's like, I have to keep biking, because if I stop, then I feel. And if I feel, then I'm broken. And if I'm broken, I can't do anything. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, he's just like, yeah. like, it's like, but he's like super positive yeah. as he's saying it. But like, you can tell, like, he's just like, if I do not, yeah, you know, yeah. stop being active, like, I'm going to just be useless. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Which really is like fun. a textbook seven. <laughs> that's a textbook um, seven. And that's other than that, you know, I was telling you uh, last week, I think, as I've been looking into these, um, obviously, they're great for us as people. Uh, and even great as us as like people trying to create content. Yeah. Uh, as content creators, just for like our own ability to like overcome our weaknesses to d- fulfill our dreams and our goals. Uh, but I also think that it's a great uh, screenwriting tool. Yeah. Because uh, you really can break down all these people into these seven, these nine categories, uh, roughly, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's going to be complicated people that you know. It's not a perfect tool. It's just, but it's a good broken tool that works uh can be humans helpful. cannot be put in the categories but yeah. they can be you know it can be helpful can in be helpful. self-discovery yeah. um and uh what's interesting is then you know you add if you add the wings into it that for every for all the nine types there's actually two different types of yeah. that type yeah so that makes it 18 and then of that then there's three like instinctual traits like you're either kind of more of a like one-on-one type person and more about like intense one-on-one relationships. You're more of a social person or you're more of like a, a self-preservation person. Uh, and so then that's like three on top of the 18. So you can be like three different types of those 18. Mm. So it's like you can get really layered with this to where I think it's kind of a cool thing to where it's like even if nobody ever knows uh, or even if it's not as like clearly defined as in that, you know, in that Parks and Rec episode you just talked about, um, you could still say like, okay, this character Charles, mm-hmm. he's a four with a three wing, so he's a four achiever, and then he's a self-preservation four, so yeah. he has these kind of traits and these kind of mentalities, and these are the kind of the weaknesses that he's going to act out of. And the thing that makes drama interesting, uh, whether it's a play or a book or a movie, is the people's weaknesses. Right. It's not their strengths that we watch them for. Yeah. It's we find our humanity in their struggles. Yeah. And a lot of times their struggles are, like, mostly like them. Like, what makes, like, Batman interesting is, like, his struggling with, like, his identity and his love and his loss of his parents and yeah. how that affected him, you know. And then he's operating out of that weakness by becoming Batman. Yeah. And by the end, when he, like, chooses not to be Batman anymore, that's when, you know, uh, when – oh, man, I've all of a sudden lost his – what's his butler's name? Michael, uh, oh, oh, uh, Alfred. Alfred, yeah. Like, that's what Alfred's basically saying at the end is like, I can't, I, all I want you to do is to stop feeling like you need to be Batman because yeah. then I'll know that you're like healthy inside. Yeah. And eventually that's what happens when yeah. like he eventually like hangs up the suit and like learns to just be himself. Which is why Ethan Hunt in the new Mission Impossible hasn't, you know, he's really not healthy because that's the whole thing is like he yeah. was going to walk away, but then he felt like, Everything that went bad, yeah. it was his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, and obviously you can make caricatures that just constantly operate out of their weakness. I mean, if, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like mm-hmm. Boyle, you know, obviously has like some serious like um, identity and like um, 
and even like love, like feeling loved issues, you yeah. know, with like the amount of like obsessiveness that he has for Jake and <laughs> um, and how much like he needs like Jake's like approval. And like when Jake was in prison and then he comes back, he's like, oh, I just need to I need you to meet my son. I need you to do this. And well, his just... hair was white, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he like needs all this stuff because it's like he like lives off of Jake, you know, yeah. uh, that's obviously not a healthy person. But it's funny because they're like mocking it and like. And then like uh, yeah. and exaggerating it, you know, yeah. um, and, and in your situation with Parks and Rec, same thing. You know, it's like those can be funny because they allow us to laugh at ourselves. Yeah. You know, um, it's it would be funny to see the person who like avoids conflict at all cost mm-hmm. to an extreme level. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, in um, uh, IT crowd, I don't know if you remember the one where he he um, well, even the, like the the not the more nerdy guy, but the other guy. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, I know who you're talking about. It's uh the other IT. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's Richard Ayard, who is uh the super nerdy guy, yeah. and then it's um more the slacker nerdy guy versus yeah. the nerdy slacker nerdy guy. Nerdy guy is good. Yeah. So the slacker nerdy guy. Sorry that we can't remember your name or your character's name, but he is probably a nine that avoids conflict yeah. and is more of a sloth. Absolutely. Um, and like there was that one where he did like the window washing thing. Or, or, like, the greatest one, the handicap one. I was going to say, the toilet yeah, handicap. Yeah, where toilet, he, yeah. like, doesn't want to, like, deal with the conflict <laughs> of, like, the fact that he totally lied yeah. to go use this bathroom. <laughs> um, and so he just, like, rides it out. And it's a perfect example of, like, delaying conflict yeah. causes more conflict. Yeah. You know, until the point that he's like, when is this guy going to eventually have to fess up to the fact that he doesn't, you know? He never fesses up. He just goes, I know, but I mean, but the episode yeah. ends assuming that, like, w- like us as the audience being like, when is this guy? Is he gonna stop when he gets back to like the, yeah. like the, the nursing home? home or something? Yeah, yeah, wherever they're taking him, yeah. you know. Um, and so I think that is like a great, um, you know, a great way to see, you know, some of these people, like, you know, the um, original boss is probably like. Probably kind of like an eight, the mm. one that ends up committing suicide. You know, yeah, yeah, and his yeah. son's kind of that way too. Yeah, you know. Um, and what's also interesting about like the enneagram gets really complicated, but you also then have like places of growth that mm. you should go to to try to like kind of like use this traits, this numbers traits to, or kind of personality traits to overcome your weaknesses. And then you have a place of stress that you go to. So for like the nine, when they get stressed, they become they become more like a bad six, mm-hmm. where they're constantly worried about life and what's going to go wrong and that nothing's good is ever going to happen. And that like, you know, which definitely is, I don't know how much you would see that in me, but it's definitely something that I do on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. When I told Helen that she's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, Oh, it's never, well, you know, if I, if I think we're not going to get a job then I'm like, we're never going to get a job. It's over, you know, mm-hmm. um, where then on a healthy side, nines can become like healthy threes where they become more achievers, more like focused on accomplishing goals and tasks. And they basically are like, here's what I want to do in life. And and they like choose, they figure out like, this is what I want. And now I'm going to go and achieve it. And I think in the areas of my life where things have been going good and I've been, and been accomplishing and kind of not being a nine sitting on the sidelines waiting to figure out what I want to do. It's usually because I'm operating more like a three. Yeah. Um, so it's like you have that element too. So that's, that's straight up is character development, right? Yep. I mean, that's a story Absolutely. right there. Like the sloth who then gets his act together and goes and accomplishes and achieves things. That's like regular, that's happy Gilmore. Yeah. You know, 
That's uh, that's every Billy... Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, yeah, basically, that's Billy Madison, you <laughs> Big know? Daddy. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's uh, classic, you know, situations of yeah, it really is every Adam Sandler yeah. movie. Yeah, literally, smokes. I think he is. He must be that. Yeah. Where he's just like, this is this is great, guys. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoever is what. Yeah, exactly. So, um, man, holy smokes, that really is like every. <laughs> I'm thinking about like even like Fifty First Dates. Well, he's, that was that was he's like, a guy living in comfort in right. Fifty First Dates, and he like yeah every time. And he, but man, wow. Yeah, maybe that's why I like those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was like a really big theme in like the '90s. I felt like. Yeah. And then now, I don't really even know because there hasn't really been any like comedies. Good. Comedies yeah, there really time. hasn't. I mean, but Jake Peralta would definitely be like. I a guess nine. like now it'd be because like uh, the other guys with Will Ferrell. Yeah. He Will Ferrell's character, I think, is a perfectionist. I think he's a one. Yeah. And then that's what makes him so funny because then uh, Mark Wahlberg's character is like, what would he, I guess he'd be like a, what's the achiever? Three. Three. Maybe he's a three. Yeah. Because he's like, let's go out there. And then the one's like, well, you need to do it this way. This, yeah. You know? And then how, how the character's kind of, the achiever becomes yeah. a little more professional. Yeah. And, the, and obviously you wouldn't have to do this like textbook, you know, but right. it just at least gives like a frame of reference, I think, mm-hmm. to where it's like, oh, you know what would be funny is if this nine, uh, or I'm going to think of somebody else, if this three was also uh, seven, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so we, we're going to develop this person from a three to a seven, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, in a lot of this, the, in a lot of stories, the character development in these like more like stereotypical Hollywood movies, especially comedies, but even romantic comedies and, um, even some dramas, you know, they have it to where it's, they're very distinct of like, you know, they're going from this number to this number, this personality type to this personality type. There's like a big transformation that happens. You know, it's not a subtle shift, you know, it's like, um, so, anyways, I think it's that's even a fascinating thing to like how to develop like richer characters and more human characters. Um, and I do think it's something that like if you uh, develop it, it would be something that the audience would respond to because they're like, "Oh, I see myself in that person," or "I know somebody like that," you know. Um, and even if you don't show it, even like in a drama where you're maybe not showing it as like straightforward and honest as like Adam Sandler does. Uh, or a straight, like, so bluntly, you know, in your face. It also, though, gives, like, as a director and the screenwriter and as the actors, like, a way to converse about characters. You know, yeah. like, no, your character is a... Um, your character is a six. So when they're talking about this stuff, this new job that they just took, what you're thinking about is all the things that could go wrong. Yeah. And you're thinking about that because you're a self-preservation six. And a self-preservation six is more concerned about their home and their bank account and like sustaining life one more day, you know? Um, And on top of that, you're also uh, a five wing. So you're being more logical about it than like kinetic about it. You're being more internal. You're being less emotional, you know? And so it's like having like that ability to like share that with an actor, I think would be like super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm not an actor, but like you tell me those things and I can like catch on. Yeah, and be like, okay, yeah, I yeah, can, I, I, can use I, know, that. I know who I need to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good. Um, all right. So with this knowledge, with the Enneagram stuff, knowing who we are, knowing like kind of our weaknesses and flaws and stuff, what are we gonna do to become better? Because your strength, like you're saying, to be the achiever, to be the one that can like 
instead of the opposite side of moaning why we don't make this up. You, yeah, the growth stage. Exactly. Like, yeah. obviously, your growth stage when we did uh, running at full speed, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> you threw us into that. And then there was times when we were on the trail where you had the, oh, six all moments. is lost. You know, <laughs> yeah. All is lost and then brought it back. And even, like, after the movie was done, like, when I showed you that documentary on Netflix, you had the all is lost again. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. uh, it's just like, well, it's content, you know, like, yeah. like, if Netflix, if if we want that movie to be successful on Netflix, that's not ours. So then uh, maybe we have the content. We yeah. have it. So Netflix goes, we need more of this outdoorsy yeah. running yeah. content. Yeah, and I think, um, and I'm still figuring, I mean, I'm still learning about the Enneagram as far as what I think the Enneagram would tell us to do. I'm still, I'm still just trying to figure out all the types and yeah. like learning about all the types and the differences between the types. How you grow to those different areas is still hasn't something I've discovered as much yet. So maybe we can do an update mm-hmm. at some point. But um, I think a lot of it though is more like how can you manage your number to get to that other number? You know, how as a nine can I be more like a three? Um, but it's still dealing with myself as a nine, not so much of just like saying I'm going to be more like a three. Right. You know, I don't think I can just like wake up and be like today I'm going to achieve stuff more so than worry about stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think then it would be the outcome is that I would – be a nine that looks like a healthy three. Yeah. You know? And so then it's like, well, then how do I as a nine, uh, overcome my nine weaknesses? And I think a lot of it is like, okay, I need to choose discomfort over comfort. If that discomfort is going to help me achieve something I want to do, I need to spend time like choosing, like really making hard decisions on like what I want to do to even achieve, you know? So if it's like, if Helen wants to make plans for this Friday, I should think about what I want to do before it's Friday afternoon. Right. So that way then when she says, this is what, hey, do you want to do this on Friday? I can say, no, I would like to do this instead. Yeah. And even if, like, we disagree and we end up doing what she wants anyways, I've still at least, like, communicated what I wanted to do. And even, like, thought about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a problem with as a nine is that it's very easy for me to, like, let life just, like, watch life just go by because I'm not, like, choosing. I'm not being... um, I'm not taking, I'm not having like purpose with every day. You know, I'm not being decisive about what I want to do. Like intentionality, I think is something that like nines suffer. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's like a big one is just like not always choosing comfort. You know, like I would sit on my couch all day long if I could. Right. But then it's like a month would go by and I'd be like, what happened to my life? Absolutely. You know? Um, and then I think the other big one for me is also just, um, uh, taking the initiative on stuff. Um, and I think that's where what we talked about in the last podcast about just like creating content for the sake of creating it and like not getting caught up too much about thinking about it. I think that can be the challenge for me is like as soon as I start thinking about it, that's when I start thinking, well, what about this? What about that? Or maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we shouldn't do that. And instead of just like going and doing it, like just do it. Like that should be like the Nike. Helen, as a one, bought a thing that said live in grace, not perfection and has it hanging in our bathroom. So every time I pee, I see this thing. And I'm like, that's great, but I'm not – I mean, it's always good to remember living grace, but I'm not really a perfectionist. Uh, and I think for mine, it's almost like the Nike slogan, like just do it. Like just do it. Just stop thinking about it. Just go do it. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think that would be something that would be helpful for me. Even something as simple as like one of my chores is at the house is doing the dishes. And if I see that the dishes need to be done, I'm like, well, I could watch an office of the episode or an episode of The Office, before I watch, before right. I take care of those dishes. And I'm like, or I could just do them right now, and then they're done. Yeah. You know, and it's like, just like learning even on like small stuff to do that, 
I think is like a healthy way for me to get to that. Uh, and let me help you with <laughs> suggestion. Uh, when you're doing household chores that are boring, listen to a podcast. <laughs> there you go. Like I always do that. Like yeah. um, when I'm like, hey, I got to clean the kitchen real quick, and I'm like, okay, I'm like. I'm going to have my headphones on. Are you okay with that? Like, why well, I listen because yeah. it really helped me. Yeah. And then not only do I do dishes and clean the kitchen, then I go clean the bathroom. I go, yeah. you know, like, and it's so much easier because you get in the mo- I, I'm the not sacrificing. I don't feel like I'm sacrificing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So I think, uh, I think that's the case for me. So I think, you know, to take just, just doing, you know, um, and that's why even a lot of the things that I've been saying, like, you know, like not worrying so much about lights or not, we're in it like, you know, we come up with these ideas to a certain degree that we can't do right easily. Yeah. Um, and it's like, what's something that we can do easily that we can just do right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then just getting in the better habit of just doing it, you mm-hmm. know? And not worrying so much. I think that's where the perfectionist qualities probably do come out a little bit. And even the three part of me, because, like, the growth can also be a weakness and the stress can also be a strength. You know, you can use – I can use the six of, like, the worst thing's going to happen in life as a way to motivate me to actually – get off the couch and go do something. Mm. It's like this bad thing going to happen. Well, what are you going to do about it? Nine, yeah. go do it, <laughs> you know? Uh, and as a three, I can also get to where I, um, uh, want to, what I want to put my identity in my achieving, Yeah, you know? Um, and so it's like, if you add in, then that one wing, it's like, I need to do something perfect so I can achieve something that then will give me value and identity. Um, which is kind of what we talked about in the last podcast. I think that's more, with me where it's like I wanted the YouTube channel to be as big as Freddie W yeah. immediately. Yeah. You know. What now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's like how can we just not let that stuff hold us back from just creating for the sake of creating? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean and then I my mind as a two is I want help with that because I want to invest in that i want dividends you know like <laughs> I, I i don't want to make youtube videos and then three years four years from now i'm doing something that's not even in this field and it really was just like a, uh yeah you know I, even as a, as a kid i remember doing it like i thought it was funny but like it'd be like oh someone could watch this and this could be something you know yeah. like i it really is interesting that's interesting to think back on so as as uh you know, they say to write from, like, your experiences and stuff. Could you write a character who is a nine? Well, I think I, a lot of the characters I have written are a lot of times nines. Okay. That's you know, I think I think a lot of times they are a version of me yeah. that I exaggerate a little bit one way or the other just so I don't feel like I'm actually writing myself. Um, but, yeah, I definitely could write a nine. I mean, uh, easily. Um, as far as, like, could I do it for sure. Um, will you do it? <laughs> yeah, will I do it? I mean, that might be too much conflict for me to deal with in the moment. Um, but I, I mean, I think, I think that's the other thing too. Also, the Enneagram creates grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you realize that like, like me and Helen have fought over her perfectionist spirit so many times um, because I just, I'm not, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And like seeing that, like that's how she deals with stuff. And a lot of times they're perfectionist because they have this extreme inner critic that says nothing that they do is good enough. Well, then when you like think about like that being the case, then you going in and saying like, why are you stressed about this so much? It's like the worst thing you could say to right, somebody like that. Absolutely. You know, like stop. Then you're almost like critiquing their critiquing. Yeah. You're becoming another voice. Yeah, exactly. So then it's like your job needs to be to reassure them that it's good and they did yeah. a good job and just like, you know, show them grace and love in that moment. Um, so I think that's something that like has been helpful. 
and even as like a nine when I like realized that like oh man I do not want to go do those you know like we need to fix our back deck and like if a Saturday rolled around and I could play video games all Saturday or like fix our back deck I'd be like I do not feel like fixing the back deck but now I'm gonna be like hey that's just you wanting to choose comfort over discomfort yeah and also not wanting to take the initiative on something yeah. And go do it. And someone's going to fall on that deck. Yeah, and then it's like, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Even if even if nobody does fall on it, it's only going to get worse, and you're going to have to replace more boards, and more bad things are going to happen to it. And eventually, it's going to cost you more money, yeah. you know, and it's instead of being a day's worth of work, it's going to be a couple days worth of work, and you're going to have to take work off. You just need to go do it right now. Yeah. You know, and I can have grace in the moment for feeling that way, but then it's like, but then it's still like up to me to have action on yeah. it, you know? Um, which, not to get too deep, but it's basically the process of like becoming a Christian is like giving grace to each other, but then also not using our weaknesses as an excuse to not better ourselves. Absolutely. You know? So, um, so yeah, I think that, um, I don't remember what the question was, but what do you think as a two, I know you haven't researched as nearly as much as I have and read about it, but what do you think as a two, just with the little bit of information I've given you that you should do to pursue creating content? Well, I definitely think uh, encouraging you more. I can help with getting your butt into action, you know, and that way I can get into it as well. Because I do have tendencies also as the peacemaker on top of my two where I would rather have my Saturdays as... Because maybe, like, there's a part of me that could be like, well, I've been helping all week. Yeah, My day's off, I don't want to help. Yeah, You know, like, that's my, my weakness. Whereas I can... If if I want to have the life and the dreams that we have always yep. talked about, um, that uh, this is a good investment. This would be my way of helping you, um, helping me, helping us together <laughs> make something big. So uh, I think as a two, yeah. I think uh, obviously like you taking the initiative of like setting up this yeah. podcast while I was gone one day um i think is a great example of like you know just having stuff to where you're like where i have no excuse but not to do it Mm -hmm. you know like when we the very first podcast we were just sitting eating lunch and then you're like we should talk with this should be a podcast and then i was like well you have it all set up why don't we go do it right you know it was like there was like minimal like um steps for me to like go do it with you um, so I think you really took the initiative on this one more and I just followed your lead. Right. Um, you know, I think that would be something is like not always waiting for somebody else in this situation, me, you know, to take the initiative on stuff. Um, the interesting thing is I'm pretty sure you're a self-preservation too. Definitely. And the self-preservation twos, when I read about that one, uh, talked about the fact that they have a childlike approach to life in the sense that they are waiting for other people to take care of them Mm -hmm. to like to um to manage their life to set stuff up for them to handle stuff and i think that would be then could be another example of whereas a two you want to help but then you're also waiting for me to say this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it yeah you know for you to kind of have to be able to get to what you want to do um and that would be then another thing to where, uh, you know, potentially in the same way you have with this podcast. I mean, even today you were like, you had already recorded the intro. You had recorded an outro. Mm-hmm. You know, you already had listened to the one before and edited it. Like being a little bit more 
take charge. Yeah. Uh, and forcing me to act because you're acting, mm-hmm. you know, is like another uh, way that we can like overcome our weaknesses. I can take the initiative in general and in the same way you can take the initiative, but not by not like by overcoming your desire to not take the initiative, but almost overcoming your desire to like wait for me to take the initiative, right. you know? Yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Which once again, like I said, that makes them to where they're almost similar. It's like yeah. the same result, but it's, but they're overcoming two different things. Yeah. You know, me, I'm overcoming myself in your situation. You're like overcoming. I mean, you're overcoming. I'm overcoming to... other people. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're still overcoming yourself, right. but you're overcoming your need for other people. Yeah. And I'm overcoming my need for myself. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, uh, so anyways, I mean, I think once again, it goes back to what we talked about the last podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really just a matter of like just going and making content and almost like not allowing ourselves to almost even think about it. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. if we if we stop to think about it, our personality is going to come into play. Yeah. But if we just say we want to do this, and we're just going to go do it. And we just don't even let our minds involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, then we're just going to like immediately just we're going to we're going to make it happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. And so let's, let's push each other to do yeah. that. Let's encourage each other. I mean, uh, pick something. It's always been good when we schedule stuff or do things like that, you know, like the, uh, the ice cream s- sketch, uh, short, that we made oh yeah um which looks great and turned out it's i think that's another thing is having grace on on our expectations as well yeah (laughs) we have uh i mean it was that npr um uh, or this uh this american life ira glass uh he had this great kind of speech where he talked about our taste and kind of our level of skill yeah and we have good taste, but we're never quite there. Yeah. Um, I would say our taste is probably more than halfway from what we originally started as. Yeah. And we're still kind of, we haven't quite reached where we want to be. But, like, we were making stuff when our quality, our quality skill. was horrible. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, let's yeah. keep making that. Yeah. And keep getting better and keep doing yeah, those things. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, and I think our taste has also grown. Like I think we've our we've refined our taste even more over the years the more that we dive deeper into it. I wonder I mean I've never heard like Spielberg doesn't ever watch any of his movies, which is crazy. I mean, I think he watches He also them. thinks Hook's his worst movie he's ever Yeah, made. which is a great movie. But War uh, Horses is the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> BFG is pretty bad, but War Horses. But I mean he I think he says he watches them at the premiere because he has to, but other than that he would never watch them. And I don't know if it's just like he's so he's seen them so much at that point. Probably. You know, they just doesn't I care to watch them again. But I also think there's an element to where like when he watches them they're not His like he quality. sees he sees yeah. everything that's wrong with them that he wish he had done better. Um and you talk to any filmmaker, like when we've been traveling with two film festivals with our documentary uh, running at full speed, running at full speed.com. Uh, they, every filmmaker I talk to afterwards, when I go up to them and like, Hey man, I really liked your movie. They're like, yeah, thanks. I mean, I really, you know, we didn't have a lot of resources and I mean, like I didn't get the actor I really wanted or like, we, you know, all we, only location we had was like my mom's house and, you know, and like they're always like dogging their project, yeah. like right off the bat. Yeah. Like they say, thanks. And then like, here's all the things that I did wrong. Um, and we do that. I do that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's, it comes back to like the fact that like, 
Well, never actually. It's never as good as what we want it to right. be. You know. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's still not good. No. You know, like not good enough doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah, and I think that's where it will help to have this new mindset of content creation. Yeah. Where it is like, let us just churn out the stuff. Enjoy the process of making it. Enjoy yeah. the ideas. Enjoy even the initial first making of it. Because there are stuff that like now we're like, oh, that's not as good as we would want it to be. Which when we made it, we were like, this is awesome. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Now we could look back at the Steve Jobs video. We could look back at any of those and be like, well, I'd lie it differently. I would right. do it this different way. You know. Um, but it was really good in the moment. Yeah. And the reality is of what we do we shouldn't put as much weight on it because yeah. it's not saving people's lives. It's yeah, not, exactly. You know, like this isn't medical medicine right. or anything like that. This is pure It's not space energy. travel. It's not yeah. like we're going to send uh, Lance Armstrong to the wrong moon, Yeah, you know, and like, he's going to die on space. There are, there's so much terrible stuff out there yeah. that like if we make stuff that we, with our, with our skill set that we have now, with our ideas and sense of humor or sense of creativity or anything like that, that we have been doing this for essentially two decades or more, um, then what we're going to make is going to be somewhat good. Yeah. And there is no reason for us to look at other people's work and be like, oh, that's, that's horrible. It's like we should just jump in and be a part of it and say, isn't this great that we get the opportunity to yeah. do this? And do it. Do it, yeah. do it, do it, do it, yeah. do it. Just do it. Just do it. So, um, This podcast brought to you by Nike. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. So, um, yeah. closing thoughts. Just do it. Hufflepuff, don't. Just go away. <laughs> You're not lying here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, for us, we're going to start small. Yeah. And just find ways to do things that require very little barriers to entry mm-hmm. and uh and we're gonna overcome our enneagram personalities to to make stuff mm-hmm. yeah i look forward to it. this has been some good quality time todd it's been some good quality time man well from all of us here at brand red studios we appreciate you listening and we look forward to seeing you next week bye This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.